Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? I'm still in awe. Really? Yeah. What happened? Well, while today we will speak of a film dove, I feel like I saw, I don't even know what kind of animal to compare you to <laughs> with your leaping skills. Something flying for, like a dove. For those, uh, you were... <laughs> You were beyond flight, my friend. And for those of you that want to know what the hell I'm talking about, go to the Out Startup Hustle podcast Instagram and watch the video of Matt Watson leaping like a frog slash <laughs> over I, the giant I, Jenga. Yes, I still can't believe that you made it, and I still can't believe you cleaned out my wallet. I afterward. should be. You did. I got a dollar out of you. I know. You had a dollar in your yeah. wallet. I should have fired the money gun afterwards. You should have fired the money gun while you were jumping. I think so. We, can we'll we do this again? Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll do this again. Now, fortunately, I did capture that on film, and it was one of my better all-time filmmaking experiences. <laughs> and because I'm so excited about it, I thought we'd bring today's guest in to see what we can do to promote my independent film. So with us today, I've got Brandon Dunlap, who is the CEO and founder of Film Dove. Brandon, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? You saw the video. I did see it. You think it's going to go big? It's impressive. It yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, we uh, should probably uh, get uh, Matt signed up for the NFL Combine. I think we should just sign him up yeah. for all the Combines, like yeah. with NBA, NFL. I was going to say, I'm going straight NBA. I got ups. No. Yeah, he's like, what did I have it like a twenty-seven inch vertical? It's like, dude, that's not really like. A I'm dunking lot. on LeBron. It's not like a big ver at five foot eight with a twenty-seven inch vertical. You can probably nip the bottom of the net. Yeah, I could touch the top of his head maybe. So now, for those of you listening, you know I like it when you're interactive. Once you go to filmdove.com and check out what they do, it'll help you understand what the hell we're talking about today. While you're on the internet, go over to fullscale.io where you can see what we can do to help you build a software development team quickly and affordably. Now, Brandon, tell us about Film Dove. What, do you, what are you guys doing over there? What's up? Well, you know, Film Dove is a, as a passion project, you know, it's built to help filmmakers uh, promote their projects. And, and so, you know, just a little bit about myself. I'm a, I'm a film enthusiast. I, I love film. Um, some of my favorites are, our favorite filmmakers are Terrence Malick, of course, the ones you've heard of, uh, Ridley Scott and Christopher Nolan. Um, you know, but the, the premise of film dub is to, is to help filmmakers, uh, promote their projects through data and, uh, analysts. And, and so being able to ingest your film into our platform and it provides you with data points, um, uh, <clears throat> and cognition that allows you to promote your project to a distributor or an investor. Uh, a lot of independent filmmakers, you know, they make, they make their projects, but then afterwards they're not quite sure what to do with their work and, and how to get in, in front of the right people. So what our, our platform does is, is it provides analytics um, that enables them to say, hey, you know, within, within potential target markets or demographics, the opportunity for my film to be successful uh, is X amount or, you know, things like that. And so they can take that and package that and, and put that in front of distributors and investors. And uh, FilmDub, what it also does is it, it provides <clears throat> some, some cognition. So, for example, when you ingest your film into our platform, it actually does a sentiment on your film. Uh, 
provides kind of an overview of, you know, if this is a, a genre of the genre that it's in, you know, drama, comedy, uh, things like that. But it also allows you to get these emotional sentiments in the film so that particular points in the movie, you can go back and, for example, if you're looking for sad or if you're looking for happy or, or if you're looking for keywords or product placement, uh, our system allows you to go back and do those types of searches. Oh, wow. I That's feel, cool. I feel like yeah. all of the, so much of that. So we'll use my video of Watson jumping yeah. as an example, which had some drama. Yeah. Cause I was positive. He wasn't going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. I literally, in the beginning, I didn't play the sound. You hear me saying, this isn't a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> as he's taking a second step. So I want to market that. And, and, you know, like, so that that would be a tag that would in there would sure. be drama, action, sports, yep. winning, yep. injury. So you guys are doing a lot with like machine learning, computer vision kind of stuff to we are. analyze every frame of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yep. Yep. So we, we do the analyst, uh, the, you know, we, we go through and um, so as we're, and we, you know, if we talk about this later, we're, as we talk about the business model of film dub, it's, you know, to give filmmakers opportunity to get sponsorship as well. So if you, if we put product placement in, into our, if, or filmmakers put product placement into their films, it allows them to go through and say, hey, you know, with, with the analytic engine, uh, we can see how many times a company's product showed up in their film, right? Okay. And they can, and they can use that as, uh, you know, fodder to get sponsorship as well. So Adidas. Yep. Were your shoes? Yep. Were you wearing that Stackify jacket? I know someone. It was, yeah. Okay. So, but those are the kind of things that's yeah. product placement, right? Product placement. Yes. Okay. So is, so is the primary use case for, you know, uploading this, you know, hour and a half long film or whatever, and then analyzing different scenes and yeah. moods and emotions. I mean, is, is that the primary reason they use it or is it for then taking this giant video and then sending it to all these other people in the industry? It's the latter there, Matt. It's, it's taking that giant video and, and sending it to the industry and, uh, part of that is is the value add, though. So, for example, if you are a distributor and you're looking for content, well, you can actually go through our platform, use the analytic engine, and look at particular scenes in the movie. Um, you can look for a particular product placement in the film. Um, you can look for uh, also that we're, we're incorporating a feedback engine as well with qualified critics, where they 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 actually go through uh, after they viewed our pro uh, the initial upload uh, in the product, they go through and do a uh, kind of an initial screening of the film as well. So packaging that up along with the data analytics and putting that in front of a distributor or an investor uh, to give filmmakers the, the best opportunity of promoting their projects. Well, so movie files would be a giant file. Yes. So today, how do they how do they do this today if you have a, a film and you want to send it to people? Obviously, you're not going to upload it to YouTube or something. Yeah. Well, today, you know, Vimeo is one of the things that's being used. Um, you know, you can in share a private, it. It's, in a it's, private it's in a private way. There's not... A, it's, it doesn't provide you with any analytics uh, on your film. Uh, it's just basically a way to upload your film and share it with others. Okay. So, yeah. so the main solution that you're so the what the problem you're solving with FilmDove is, I would imagine, is that the people that make these films are filmmakers. They're not marketers. That's correct. And you know, like we run into that a lot, and I think that's a common whether you're a filmmaker or a software founder or yeah. like a personal trainer. 
a lot of people get into whatever it is that they're doing and they try to make a business out of it, but they don't necessarily know a whole lot about business. That's exactly it. They're passionate about something and they know that's what they want to do and they're trying to make a living with it. And it's like, well, it's like this, you know, so they're not necessarily, well, and I would imagine in film, it's also pretty tricky. I gotta, I gotta feel like that's probably a lot about who, you know, or who you can get to pay attention. And, um, you know, I know, uh, uh, one of the books that I wrote, uh, one of the guys I interviewed, Vincent sure. Boucher, was a uh, he's a stylist for yeah. all kinds of famous people like Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, a bunch of them. Yeah. And you know, I was talking to him once. It's he's um, my aunt's brother, whatever that makes him to me. But he was talking about Hollywood, and he's telling me some story going into some place, and there's just like scripts, like you could have like built a whole house, yeah, out of them. And it's like, how do you find yours? in that stack, yeah. you know? And so, so there's so much, and especially with the modern, you know, anyone can make a film. Yeah. And I don't want to say anyone make it. I don't well, want to dumb it down I like that, but you, but you can theoretically try. I mean, that's a great question. How many films are made, you know, like feature like length films, mm-hmm. movies, but are never distributed a lot. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta be able to differentiate the good content from the yeah. bad content, because at the end of the day, you know, content is still, still king. You know, because because so, I, I invested in a movie, you did. Yeah, it's like an angel investment. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like many years ago, and yeah. it they filmed it. They did the whole thing. They even got a couple like C list actors and actresses to be in the movie. Yeah, and they never got any distribution. And I think it ended up on Netflix, and probably like three people watched it. Well, the, I would think that would be another thing because the world of of movie distribution and content consumption has changed so dramatically not just anybody gets their movie yeah you look like like well well well, well, the irishman that came straight out on netflix right and that got an oscar nomination like and is that the first time that's happened probably not i don't know that it went straight to netflix and got no No, that's happened for a couple years okay well here's my point a couple years isn't really like the history of film you know that but that shows you that's a signal flare that some things have changed. Yeah. And so I would imagine that, and you know, some, some things too, um, I don't know, you look at like, all right, what was the, that documentary blackfish mm-hmm. about the whales at, yeah. the, at SeaWorld that I don't think that ever came out in theaters, but that got probably got massive viewership. Yeah. So how do you find a video like that? And yeah. it's, I mean, that would be part of what film dove would be trying to help people with, right? Yeah. You know, when you think about Film Dove and the premise of this this project, it, it really is to empower independent filmmakers to give them the best opportunity of promoting their work. You know, when you look at the industry, you know, you see a lot of uh, kind of maybe some of the the same, you know, rehash of prior projects, either sequels or pre- prequels. And there's a lot of good ideas out there. They just don't, you know, have the financing and the, and the ability to get the projects out there that they that, that they need to. And, and it's it's, to me, it's, you know, Film Dub is a way to, to, to identify the talented filmmakers and help them get their projects, you know, showcased to the right people. And uh, just for example, we're working with a filmmaker now and um, used to be a producer on the first 48 and, and her project, what it, you know, it talks about, you know, the racial divide in a, in a particular city. And what it really does is it, it pricks the consciousness of people to really think about, you know, just our, our society and our community as a whole. And uh, and then the things that really challenge us as human beings is, is not necessarily all the differences that we think that we have, but sometimes maybe it's just the, the, our heart, you know, towards things. And her film, her film kind of touches on that. And I think a lot of those types of films uh, kind of really help, um, you know, prick the consciousness of people to kind of think of, look at things a little bit different. 
uh, for example, there's a virtual reality film uh, that, that was done about the, the children of Syria and, and, and how they you know, were exiled and, into different countries. And basically a film, it's a virtual reality film you put on a headset and allows you to, to live the day in the life of a, a Syrian refugee, you know, Syrian, Syrian refugee as you go to school, things like that. And so what better way to connect people to something outside of their own world than to experience these type of things? And, and these are the type of filmmakers that we're looking to empower. Um, to be able to tell stories that are ethereal, you know, uh, ethereal stories that <clears throat> really touch on the heart of humanity and uh, the things that kind of plague us as, as, as a race and, and things like that. So that that's part of uh, the, the mission of Film Dove is, is, yes, we want to have, uh, you know, a broad, uh, a broad component to far as far as all the movies that we, we ingest into the project. But we really want to help highlight those filmmakers that are that are truly doing things that uh, that 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 cause people to think a little bit deeper about their existence and their reality. Pretty cool stuff. It's deep, deep. Is it? So the, was the movie yeah. you invested in that deep? And how no. did I never find out about yeah. this until now? No, it was about like some like murder mystery thing about being friends with somebody on Facebook. Next thing you know, they were going to kill you or something. That sounds like some of my ex-girlfriends. Was yeah. she, what, did she star <laughs> in the film? Yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll check it out. <laughs> but so uh, you're, I mean, so your goal is to help get more visibility and attention to these movies. That's correct. Right. Yep. Um, but how do people, if you're a, somebody in the industry, I don't even know the right terminology for this. How do they have possibly the time to review all these movies? That's what they do. Yeah. I mean, I mean they're like two hour long movies. How do you watch a whole Well, bunch it's of the two same thing. Like in music, day. you have right. A&R reps. Yeah. Like an A&R rep, like is that, that all they do is go to shows and listen to, listen to, listen to demos. And that's part of your goal. By... Is that the same thing in film? Yeah. So I can explain this to you a little bit. A lot of times the way filmmakers, they gain traction is through the film festival circuit as well. So our platform will also have a, a film festival component where we're helping to match filmmakers to film festivals. And once they once they gain traction in the film festival circuit, uh, it goes through where qualified judges and screeners, they review those films, they rank those films. Uh, part of our platform is going to have audience feedback as well. So when those those screenings are taking place in the film festivals, we'll gather that audience feedback, we'll gather the qualified critic feedback and then we'll use that as a package for filmmakers to, to promote their their projects to distributors and, and investors. And so that's crowdsourcing it. Yeah. So, so it's basically yeah, it's it's almost like if you think about it, it's like gamification for a filmmaker. So um, do, you, do you now is this all a web platform or yes. now are you going to have an app or something like that for the gathering the feedback? Yes, we are. And so we're actually working with a filmmaker here locally. We're going to be helping her with her private screening here in about a week and a half. And we're going to be gathering feedback from the audience to kind of help us streamline our technology process. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, I have some bad news, Matt. Uh-oh. The early feedback is in. And <laughs> oh. Your video. It's, it's not trending well, man. No Oscar for me? <laughs> no. It's the, uh, hashtag dad bod. Hashtag not going pro. Oh, come on. Ha- and then there are a bunch of hashtags that say awesome. Okay. So, Yeah. And I don't know what's this little brown triangle looking emoji thing. Oh, the poop emoji. Oh man, yeah. I think it's probably because they're like, <laughs> I'm man, the shit. He, yeah, I'm the shit. yeah, I know. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. This is that's the what shit. I was thinking. But you know, that's the power. That's the power of feedback, man. We Damn can critics. We can put this out now. You know, I I think this is cool, Brandon. I, yeah. And I think that um, you know, and I don't even know if you know this. So I, I worked in the music industry for a while. I do and, know that. 
um, it's, it's difficult for, you know, whether it's a musician or a filmmaker, these are creatives and in different, different categories, but that's one of the things that over the last, that technology has made it so much easier. Well, take this podcast, for example, we've got listeners in 190 countries. Yeah. We're not using high technology in here. Yeah. I mean, we've got, we've, it's grown up a little bit. I mean, we've got some cameras, we have some mics, we have a computer and a soundboard, but I mean, I didn't have to like put a second mortgage on the house or anything like that. And we're, and we're able to leverage existing platforms, um, you know, to get our stuff out. And we're the king of all media now. Totally. Yeah. We're number one. (laughs) Yeah, poop emoji. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Howard Stern should be sitting right there. He was. He <laughs> oh, couldn't, he couldn't make on. it. I know it's an empty seat. With we have Le- Mickey Mouse instead. Le- and Lego Voltron, <laughs> who doesn't say a whole lot. Um, but no, I think that. But you know, you, t- you he talk does about look a bit like, threatening though. You, but yeah. with like the music industry, things like SoundCloud, yeah, were just even early were a, yeah. were an easy distribution method for a lot of indie musicians yep. to get their stuff out. And you know, it's hard to make money as a performer. Yeah. And I would imagine it's hard to make money as a filmmaker too, because, you know, the, the cameras are expensive. Um, you know, even more so expensive than musical gear. Cameras Uh, aren't expensive anymore. They, the the kind that, the, well, the kind that Johnny just walked in. And not, is taking I mean, a picture not compared this. to what they usually use in Hollywood, and they'll spend half a million dollars on the film. That's true, but still, the thing is, is like a lot of those cameras are still five, ten, fifteen grand sometimes, but not half a million. No, they're not a half a million. But dude, if you're a starving artist, fifteen grand's a hell of a lot, and then you you probably need more than one. You don't just have a camera when you're on a film set. If you're well, good, maybe you if you're good, cameras. you only need one. Set. <laughs> That's, that's, true. True. that's true that's true okay. but for my for my big scene we had one camera wrong actually we had, we had two. two we had two see you and they just, were two cheap ass cameras they were on iphones yeah yeah and the lighting was poor and that's but that's the thing is you get into needing yeah. more stuff and it's the same thing with music like you know when i first started working for roland a digital recorder like i mean dude these things were like huge and now they're basically the size of a phone yeah and you look at the difference and what they do, they do the same thing, yeah. but, um, it's, it's, you, the ability to, to get this kind of independent media out is it really in a golden age. So, well, uh, but, but in all seriousness, the cost of a really nice 4k camera is so affordable now that almost anybody could make true. a movie. Yes. Yes. But when you get to the level of yeah. like, like, well, if you're going to. I don't know. I think that there's still a line mm-hmm. between, and it's, that's where it gets to. All right. So w- I was actually talking to my wife about this. So, you know, Apple plus has their new stuff Yeah. and we had watched the show, the servant, which is M night. Sh- how do you say it? Shyamalan. So, you know, Jill had, my wife had said something. She's like, man, th- they did this really well. I'm surprised that they can take what would have, or could have been a movie a few years ago and put it out. Here and I said, well, you, I don't think you, there's something you're not noticing. She said, what? I said, this whole entire show is in three different rooms of the same house. Mm-hmm. And that's how they can afford right. to do that. Creativity. It, it, it yeah. basically had four act, four or five different characters yeah. in the whole thing. Yeah. And the whole entire thing was set in one simple They didn't house. spend millions of dollars on sets. Right. And extras yeah. and stuff like that. And that's probably what runs up the bill on an independent film. Am I correct? That is correct. When you think about independent filmmakers, they're no different from really an entrepreneur. You right. know, it's you need to find a way to get uh, 
investment for your project. You need to get a way to showcase your project. Uh, you have a budget to manage. Um, and so a lot of these filmmakers, you meant, you touched on it earlier, Matt, they don't really know. I mean, they know how to make films, but then the whole business part of it, they're, they're not really that familiar with. And so what our platform is, is intended to do is to kind of help bridge the gap for these filmmakers so that they, so they can kind of use the analytics piece of this platform to bridge the gap on the business front. And so they can say, Hey, we package filmed of, uh, package our film through filmed of and take all the analytics and we can go start shopping this around to investors. It's no different from what we do uh, for film filmed of as a company. If you're trying to grow a company, you have to get investment capital to help grow and accelerate. It's really no different from a filmmaker. And and let's let's talk about yeah. that for a second, because recently you were just awarded um, a grant from Digital Sandbox. That's correct. Which is a local organization here in Kansas City that yep. helps businesses like yours. Yep. Was that the first time you had applied to them? That was. Because a lot of people apply like three or four times. and yeah. But the purpose of that, and we've had Jeff Shackelford in here, yeah. um, and I, I don't think, is Jeff still involved? I think he moved on. Uh, I think he moved on. So, yeah. but, you know, basically you give your pitch and yeah. and a lot of times they'll tell you, they'll be like, oh, this is what you're missing. Yeah. Try again next time. And yeah. there's a lot of people that have actually been here on the podcast that have said, well, I tried. I got it. I got it on the <laughs> third time. Um, but let's talk a little bit about that process because that's, that's a clever way. Yeah. to continue funding what you're doing. Give us a little insight on how you got into that, how you found it, and how you actually got them to write you a check. Yeah, sure. I mean, so the process for us, it didn't, It's it's been, you know, two years in the making. So we've been creating, you know, pitch decks, and uh, we operated another consulting company by the name of Northern Sky. And so we kind of had been preparing for a year and a half before that, uh, before we got the opportunity to pitch in front of Digital Sandbox. And uh, we had pitched it maybe 10 times before that, that time. And, and so we packaged our pitch. We, we fine tuned it before the digital sandbox engagement. Uh, coincidentally enough, uh, one of our, uh, investor, uh, potential investors recommended that we, we apply there, we got in and then we, we, we was able to pitch and that's kind of how we, you know, we fine tuned it. And, you know, I think we, we, we didn't go in with a vanilla stale pitch either. I mean, we showed a little bit of passion around this because it's, you know, it's, for us, it's not, you know, yes, this is a business. We want to make money and we want to grow. But at the same time, this is something that we are truly passionate about as far as empowering filmmakers to to really promote their projects. And so that's how we went about that. It's it's we put in the work, we put in the effort. And that's, you know, hopefully that was kind of one of the reasons why Digital Sandbox uh, extended funding to us. Has anything uh, now your that just occurred, right? Uh, yeah. Back, just a few months ago. Uh, yeah. Back in October. So yeah. has that has that helped you? um gain any traction with other investors and we don't have to we don't get to we don't have to yeah. get to yes yeah it has yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I, I, but these things are important because yeah. you know whether you're paying for it yourself it's one thing to pay for it yourself it's another thing to get this kind of validation yeah so matt you and i have a history of kind of when we say bootstrapping, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's really bootstrap we're writing our own checks. Right? Right, at one sure. point yeah. we were both very bootstrapped made a couple bucks and then use yeah. that later to parlay into other things that we did. Fair. Yeah. And it's funny. Sometimes I talk to VCs and they're like, congratulations on bootstrapping Stackify. And I'm like, and no, I've invested a lot of money in this. I just yeah. don't have a VC investor. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. now, but, the, but the thing is, is and one thing I learned cause I've written my own checks along the way as well. And is that no one cares when you write your own checks as much as when you get other right. money and validation and it's uh and you can't actually and i remember uh, 
with Gigabook talking to a potential investor at one point and saying, yeah, you know, I've put in, you know, half a million bucks or whatever. And they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, you can't make a valuation based on your own yeah. check writing, but you get it from someone else or these other things. And it's kind of like Boy Scout badges yeah. or, or leveling up your character on a video game. Yeah. And, you know, you get a, you get a badge here, you get a, you know, you get a little boost here and this yeah. and that. And it starts to, yeah. it starts to create a more powerful story. Yeah. And you know, whether you're in Kansas city or wherever you're at, whether you're in Stuttgart, Germany or mm -hmm. Thailand running a bakery, or these are some people that have been kind enough to reach out from around the world. Very nice. But you know, there is something near you that you can get involved with, sure. that you can be involved in, in the startup community. And it, it, you're going to have different levels of stuff, mm -hmm. and, but find it. It's not going to find you. Yeah. The digital sandbox did not reach out to you. Did no, no. Yes. You, you yeah. have to go through that. Uh, you know, a lot of people, when, when it comes to entrepreneurship, they think it's like this grand kind of reality. And it's, and the truth of the matter Ooh. is it's a lot of hard work. Um, you got to be willing to sacrifice your time. You got to be willing to sacrifice a lot of times your own money and um, hours of sleep. Um, and you, you really have to go for it. And, and no one's going to do this for you. You have to go out and get it yourself. And so whether that's, going out, reaching out, getting customers, making contact with your potential customer base, all those different things. You, you're going to have to do that yourself and you got to put in the work. And one of the things that we're doing now is is working with our actual customers and that's filmmakers. Um, we're, we're not building a solution that we think that filmmakers want. We are building a, a, a solution that we're getting direct feedback from our end user, our customer. And that's, thank God right. somebody does this the right way. Dude, I, I gotta yeah. be honest with you. I was Good just, Lord. I was just sitting here thinking if I had, so this is my only sound effect. That's, <laughs> that's all I got, but I'm sitting here thinking, man, I, I needed like a ding, ding, like a, a bell. Cause it's the thing that nobody does, and yeah. but I'm going to do a replay. A re, a, 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 I'm going to rewind here a second since we're playing with film. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the rewind sound. Cause I have yeah. no better sound effects hint to producers to find sound effects. Um, you know, you mentioned entrepreneurship's not hard. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, it'll test your, it'll test every bit of your, that's why well, we call it the startup hustle. Your fortitude. And then I think the thing that everyone should listen to that Brandon said that is really key is figure out what your end user wants. Yeah. Like ask, let them use it. I burnt through a lot of cash building Gigabook, trying to think of things that people wanted before I found out. And then like half of those things, no one ever used. Yeah. And I look back and I'm like, wow, time, money, effort, yeah. opportunity cost all stacked up. And then, you know, and whether it's ugly in the beginning or it's just a beta or you're just like, say, Hey man, will you use it? One of full scales clients actually reached out to me yesterday mm -hmm. and said, Hey man, we're going to launch our MVP. This is something I think your company would actually benefit from, but would you be willing to have, ask some of your employees to try it? I said, hell yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause it is actually something I'm interested in. It's a, a you know, management platform to help create happier. It's like an employee feedback system. I was okay. like, yeah, that's nice. actually something we've been, we've been wanting to integrate anyway, but that's all you have to do is ask. Mm -hmm. You never know like where that that's going to come from. And, um, some people I think up front, they're like, I got to try to monetize this. I'm like, dude, no one's going to pay you shit if it sucks. So let some people use it for free and see what they have well, to say. And the most important thing that, that he, he mentioned that got me excited was talking to the customers, figuring out what the customers really want. 
Yeah. Right. That's and the whole point. Yeah. So many software developers, product you. people, all they just focus on building what they think needs to be built and they don't talk to actual customers. Yeah. And, and that's the whole that's, point. That's yeah. so important. Smart. Yeah. And one thing I like to add, so in my, my prior life, I was a consultant, uh, and a digital transformation consultant. And one of the things I was able to discover was that, you know, digital transformation is a booming business. I mean, it's a, it's, it's let's get, define what that is. It's digital transformation is basically how you create technology value to improve customer experience. And, um, you know, when you look at Gartner and Forrester, some of the leading market analysis, you know, they're they're forecasting that digital transformation is going to be a digital or going to be a trillion dollar industry in the next two years. Yeah. Cloud is booming. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft and AWS, these, these companies that had prior business models that completely changed, you know, kind of how they're operating and introducing cloud based technology. They're starting to really, you know, uh, see record profits, record numbers. And uh, I'm saying all that to say is that. Uh, the companies that are going to succeed in the future are going to be the ones that actually focus on their customers, yeah. not, not the ones that focus on, on, on themselves. And uh, so the, one of the things we're trying to do and is that, that goes way past digital transformation yeah. though. Like, I mean, even like, like full scale is a tech services company yeah. and like, that's the whole thing. It's like, and we've even just recently just can, you know, all of a sudden we have 200 employees Yeah, and you know, it's like they're changing needs yeah. come with that and you can't be afraid to in some ways I'll say force that evolution yeah because it's about being client centric if yeah. our clients aren't successful with what they're doing sure then they're not going to stay clients it's yeah. like a really simple equation but at the same time getting to that is always is 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 ridiculously complex because especially when you get people involved yeah software you can just tell it what to do and if you know what you're doing you will eventually figure out how to make it do that but when you're dealing with people it's yeah. even harder yeah customer service customer success are always priority number one yeah you know at stackify our customer success team is sure. by far one of the most important components but, of our business yeah. i want to add something onto that though that as an entrepreneur you have to be careful with that because a lot of us at least in my age we're taught the customer's always right. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't believe that because I look at you have to, especially early. We've had a couple a couple users at Gigabook yeah. that have been so high maintenance yeah. that like that we've actually told them I don't think this is the right platform for you to use. Yeah, right. We had two different people that one that at one point were eighty percent of the entire customer like support ticket mm -hmm. uh, intake in, in in a given month. Yeah, like. Really? Yeah. Like that's how yeah. needy you are. And you have to look at some of that stuff. And these are people that were both paying 15 bucks a month. Yeah. We were losing significant money trying to keep these people happy. And no matter what we did, they were just people that were never going to be happy. And I think that that customer support and client success are different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, I'm, and I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying offer shitty support, but sometimes you know, there are, there are things that you have to be aware of, like, and we do that at full scale too, because we look at the people that work at full scale are, they're our greatest asset and they're the ones that provide service. They're yeah. the ones that generate revenue. And we've had a couple clients along the way that, oh, haven't always been as cool as we've wanted. And sure. we try to get real protective about that because if, if the, if the, if our company's assets bail, yeah, it's hard to replace them. Yeah. Well, see, you're talking about a great topic I wanted to talk to Brandon about. So obviously, is it about cheating on the ratings on your video? No, we'll get there. <laughs> but so one of the, one of the things you talked about is you, you, you build a product, you build a company, you think you're going to solve one problem. And yeah, you have customers come in and they try and steer you a different way. Right. Yeah. And 
so for example, somebody could come to Brandon and say, hey, you guys can analyze a video. That's pretty cool. We have all these porn videos. Can you analyze our porn videos and tell us about the scenes in them? <laughs> and he'd be like, uh, no, that's not our company mission. Or he'd be like, you know what? They want to pay me a lot of money. Maybe I should do this. Now I'm going to change the whole pivot. I'm pivoting. I'm, I'm going to do this now, right? So my question for you is. Are you asking are there, for a friend? No. Well, my question for you, though. <laughs> Just is, making sure. You've built some pretty cool technology. Can yeah. you leverage this film analysis for other purposes? You can. I mean, hot is, dog, is, not hot dog. I there, see where you're going. Is there, yeah. is there legitimately, though, I mean, could you work with, say, Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb and say, look, we're going to analyze all these films mm-hmm. and we can we can provide all these cool analytics. Is there something else to do there? I mean, are there other opportunities to do what what you've done? Yeah, I mean, diversification of the business model, those opportunities are there um, with what we've what we're, with what we built. Um, to be honest, though, I mean, the thing that we're trying to focus on is is understanding what the the primary value stream is to the customer and understanding what that primary value stream is and focusing on that and and getting a market with that and then as we start to of course grow and and, and expand you know diversify out to other models but i think one of the lessons I've, I've learned is you can try to do too many things at once uh and you know you can't really be a jack of all trades because you're good you, at one thing which is exactly. absolutely right yeah. right but it but but this is also part of the journey of a startup, right? Yeah. You, you do this. You're like, okay, we built this tool, yeah. and we think we're going to sell it to these people. Then sometimes you come back and like, look, this tool we built was actually the most valuable thing. Yeah. Maybe I need to sell but, this tool to somebody else. I that is a, true. I, That's I have true. a com- I have a comment yeah. on this as well. So uh, at three years into Gigabook, John Berman, who was one of the people that helped me found it, he said to me, he said, Matt, you know, you're always talking about wanting to have this be a platform that can be turned into doing a number of different things. He goes, I got to tell you right now, that's not what we're building. And he explained to me in a very technical way. He was like, this is, this is why we have these problems. This is that. And I'm sitting here looking at that. And I was a couple hundred grand into it at this point. And I was like, shit. And I said, well, what do we need to do? He said, we're going to have to restructure this whole thing into MVC framework, model view control, which basically is a a technical word for, we got to start, we got to, we got to, we're going to have to tear it down and put it back together. Mm -hmm. But he said, when you be able to do that, you will be able to accomplish the things that I think you want to, you're going to want to do a couple of years down the road. So we did that and it was expensive, but now at this point, Gigabook actually generates more revenue from other things we've morphed it into. We've turned it into other types of platforms and created partnerships. Um, We have licensed the, so you look at like what we built and it was a shortcut to getting other types of platforms to where they needed to be. Like you say, okay, look, what you need to do, it's going to take you X amount of time and X amount of dollars to build. I can license this to you for a hundred grand and put you where right there. You're still going to have to do work. You're still going to have to do that. But that's an example of trying to have some forward thinking. It's like, what can this do that might, well, you look, all right. So Roy at healthy hip hop, where we've made a a significant investment, that's a content delivery network that can deliver stuff into schools. Theoretically, if we wanted that could turn into um, content delivery for training on a corporate level, it could do a whole lot of different things because once you build the shell, what you, you know, what you are the paint by numbers, you know, what you fill it up with and how you, and how you shape it can be different. So. Well, that, and that's actually a good example. Take healthy hip hop has like 200 videos they've made, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to guess they probably don't know which video is about what, and if it's animated or not animated and the scenes and the music and 
Well, I think, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, they, do. You I think they do that. because there's a small number of them, but when yeah. there's 12,000 of them, that might be a complete. But even a couple yeah. hundred, you know, potentially yeah. you feed something that into like a system, you know, yeah. like film dub, not, it's not what film dubs designed yeah. for, for like being able to manage the video, like the content. I mean, did you want to listen to some healthy hip hop? Dude, I have been listening to some PJ Panda. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> have you heard Healthy Hip Hop? I've actually met Roy. Yeah. Uh, so we yeah. now that's an example of you talk about just reaching out and the yeah. look, the more people you tell so we've invested pretty significantly in that. We own just under twenty percent. And we provided all of the technical resources to build everything he's got. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that was a that was a risk. Cause I mean, even Roy will tell you at the point, like people in Kansas City weren't putting money into that. And I just kind of got it yeah. and I still wasn't like, but you know, three taking, doing an initial investment and two options later, he's in tech stars Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And we're all of a sudden we're like, I was like, I even told Matt, I was like, doesn't look so bad now, does it? <laughs> you know, but, but you know, you never it's know, but you get, yeah. well, you got to just try to find people that believe in what you're doing. So, uh, is there any, is there any instance of that? Because I've talked to you about this a long time ago. We did, uh, probably about a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. and and that's been uh, how how long how, and it, so it one point five entrepreneur years is like it's like dog years. That's like twelve real yeah. people years. <laughs> um, what's what's something over this last year and a half? What's what's a punch in the face or a or a or a uh, the video where Watson doesn't make it over the Jenga blocks. <laughs> Um, like what's it, what's something that you really learned or something that really aged you quickly? Well, yeah, it, it's that one of the things I just touched on, which is the customer discovery and, uh, not taking the time out to talk to the customers and building things that you think that, uh, that, that should come to market and not what the customer thinks should come to market. The other thing is, is you know, we're a team of engineers and we, we, we come from a background of enterprise engineering. And, and one of the things we did when our first stages with uh, film dub is that I think we overly engineered it. I mean, we had pretty much state of the art, everything you can think of, you know, Docker Kubernetes clustering. And uh, we were uh, using things that were just maybe a bit too complex for, uh, at the time. And instead of, instead of just starting small, just getting like a basic make it work. Yeah. Did that make it hard to did Because yeah. everything you just described, made me that makes me think that you also like upped the talent requirements yes. for anybody that would work on it yeah. which quite honestly is going to stretch yeah. your budget a little bit i'm not saying use cheap but yeah. you mentioned over engineering and watson's over here going just make it work yeah. make it work yeah i don't no one cares about the elegance of your code in year one people well you know and they then, don't you know and then have or year 10 didn't you sell a company for like 150 million bucks and they didn't even look at any documentation no. they never looked at the code so yes, you did do that, and no, they didn't look at the code. <laughs> Correct, right? That's and our my code sucked. Yeah. By the way, that's my point, though. Yeah. But it did it work? It worked. Okay, that's all that it matters. It had duct tape in it. It had bubble gum. It did not use Kubernetes because that didn't even exist. Guess then. what? Right. But it didn't use any of the cool stuff. I have one important question. Did, did it the work? Check clear. Yes. Did it work? <laughs> right. Did it work? It worked. Okay, but that's my point, right? And, and that was a problem. I mean, we had infrastructure as code, and we were trying to build out build out this comprehensive CI/CD pipeline for all these different things we wanted to do, automated deployments. And it's like, yeah, we don't need that right now. We just right. need to ha- we just need to be able to deploy directly to the app service and you know get it working. You know? Sometimes like, you mean so. Yeah. Wait, let me let me check up. So actually, putting your hand on a mouse and clicking something on a screen 
is way cheaper than build trying to spend ten thousand dollars to automate it. And that's again, correct. Okay, yeah. I just want more importantly, it's to all sure. those hours you could have used actually improving the product. Well, that's exactly. the main, that's the point. Exactly. And you know, Matt, you you say this a lot. I use the term opportunity cost a lot. Matt will just say, hey, when you pick when you choose to do one thing, you're choosing to not do another. And when resources are finite, you got to figure this shit out pretty yeah. early. Speaking of figuring stuff out, it's time to play mixtape. Have you played mixtape before? I have not. You're going to love this because everyone loves this. He didn't notice the money gun, and I Brandon is hungry to fire that thing. Well, Am he's got to win. He's got to win. Know, I'm going to get the camera ready just in case. Okay, what so are we, what are we doing? Mixtapethegame.com, the app's available on iOS and Android. I have pulled a card from the mixtape deck. I'm going to read a scenario. We're all going to name a song. There's no wrong answer unless you're Watson, and then there sometimes is. You can't answer a band. Okay. Okay. You've taken a lot of shit about that. Yes. It helps establish okay. the rules. Your heavyweight championship of the world walkout music. I still think it's Mama Said Knock You Out. I'm going to go with Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on. <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, I kind of want to be inappropriate and like, since it's filmed of, yeah. like go with R. Kelly's, I believe I can fly, but I know R. Kelly's like way like taboo now. The song shouldn't be. Yeah. I would, I'm, I'm going to probably go with, uh, Rick Ross Trilla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm actually going to vote for you, Watson. Oh, I am. I am. Uh, because I just think that that would be a funny ass song to hear like Mike Tyson walk out to or someone. <laughs> Let's get it on. So, you got the vote, buddy. Maybach music. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, mama said, knock you out. It looks like Brand Dunlap's got the deciding vote. Here. Yeah. It also means you're not going to win. Because ah. you can't vote for yourself. We can go with LL Cool J. Ah! Ah! Good. I'm gonna because that. I because I'm glad Brandon's here. I'm gonna yeah. let I'm gonna let you fire the money. Knock gun. him out with the money gun. All right, let's check this thing out. Let uh, that thing loose. Woo! Okay, good. That was good radius there. You got a wide <laughs> spread. That was excellent. All right. You want to see the? Uh, you want to see Mr. Dunlap firing the Golden Supreme Money Gun? That will be on the art at Startup Hustle Podcast. Man, you got a two dollar bill all the way over to me. Good job, man. They this, still they still make those, and yeah. I can still take this to Las Vegas next week. Sure. Yeah, About half of our guests ask if they can keep the money, and then they realize it's twenty seven bucks. All right. Well, Brandon, I want to thank you for coming in. I like Film Dev, man. I think it's cool. Thank you, guys. I um, really appreciate it. I, I'm interested to see where this this grows. I'm trying to think of – I know some people, and it, 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 you get a lot of crossover with things yeah. like music and movies and stuff like that. I want and, we're, and we're outside of the Kansas City market as well. I mean, we've, we've made some connections uh, with, with some folks in L.A. And, and Las Vegas as well. So we're going to be actually helping a film festival um, in Las Vegas in July – with also some of their audience feedback as well to help improve some of our technology process. I'm so. thinking we should probably go to that film festival yeah. in Vegas. Matt. Well, after, Vegas. To, after today, you're going global. Yeah. Nice. True. True. Yeah. True. Uh, Brandon, once again, thanks for coming yeah. in. I want to encourage everyone to go to filmdove.com, check out what they're doing, tell your friends. Everyone knows a filmmaker or someone trying to do something creative. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that, um, 
you can probably help a lot of people do a lot of things. So uh, we like to end episodes of Startup Hustle with what we call the Founders Freestyle. And it's time for that. And we often talk about many things in many ways. And it could be a chance to resolve anything, give advice, or just really, you know, like I said, it's a freestyle. So I'll let you go ahead and, uh, and, and lead off. Yeah. I, you know, to the people probably listening to this, my, the thing I would say is, is really be passionate about what you're doing. Um, understand that the thing that you're, you're going after is not going to be easy. Um, be hungry, be tenacious. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to punch you in the face. They're going to make you think about what you're doing. It's challenging kind of your thought process on why you're going after what you're going after, but never give up. Um, you know, I believe that, you know, we're not just here randomly, just, you know, live our 80, 80 year life and die. I believe we all have purpose and, you know, for the folks that are going after your thing, you know, just go after it with all your heart and all your might, uh, and never give up, uh, and put a good team around you, uh, people that you can depend on people that kind of have a shared vision. It's, you can't go at this alone. Um, you know, understand when to get rest, understand when to turn it off and get some sleep and, uh, you know, worry about your sanity and things like that. And, uh, and keep believing uh, in yourself. You know, no one's going to believe in you. You can pitch your project. People may not necessarily understand what it is you're pitching. They may not get it at the time. Uh, but believe in yourself, believe in your project. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the end of my freestyle. Mr. Watson. Yeah. yeah, I think Film Dove today is an example of a couple things I wanted to point out. Um, you know, obviously, a big part of what Film Dove does has to do with video management and analysis and video distribution, different things. And some people might look at that and say, well, why wouldn't I just use YouTube? Why wouldn't I use Vimeo? Why wouldn't I use one of these things? And the point is you're, you're trying to build something that's really unique, custom to a specific use case. And it's no different than like a CRM system. You could use Salesforce.com. That's a CRM, right? Why couldn't you use that for all the things? Well, for a car dealer, that would be a shitty solution. Yeah. An industry-specific solution is better, right? And so FilmDub is an example of that. It's like we're trying to create an industry-specific solution that really solves the problem better than a generic solution. Could. Yeah. Um, but the other thing to think about is FilmDub's building some incredible intellectual property that maybe could be used for other industries. And so as time plays on, we'll see. Maybe they'll do video management, analysis, distribution for other industries too. So you never know. Sometimes that's that's the fun part of uh, startups is they pivot and they figure out, hey, you know, maybe this tool can be used for a different industry even better or as a secondary thing. So we'll see how it goes and uh, good luck to you. You know, during, you, during, that. during Brandon's freestyle, he mentioned that entrepreneurship will punch you in the face. So in Congress with today's mixtape card and heavyweight championship, there was a really – a uh, well-known heavyweight champion, Mike Tyson, who once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. One sure. of my favorite quotes of all. Right. Sure. And, sure. you know, that's the thing is, is you got to be ready. Look, I don't care how slick your moves are or how big and tall and powerful you are in the ring. You're getting punched in the face. Yeah. It's going to happen um, as an entrepreneur. And it's and, you know, you mentioned over You mentioned over engineering and stuff like that. Get your shit moving forward, people. Yeah. Just like do something like Nike says it. Just do it and and start. Yeah. And don't worry about things being perfect because that fist is coming for your face. Yep. It is. And the plan's going to go out the window. So you're going to have to keep planning and replanning. And there's times to just kind of take the punch and keep moving. And there's times when you're like, whoa, I might not want to step into that next time. 
I know this is a lot of boxing analogies, seeing that we started the episode off with one of the world's greatest feats of athleticism yeah. that and I've Mama ever said, knock you out. Yeah. And, but that's the thing is there's, <laughs> it it, I don't, you know what, I, we're going to record a mashup of that. <laughs> that is actually like a per mama said, knock you out. Let's get it on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got the Marvin Gaye voice. Yeah. yeah. For those of you listening, but, but no, it's I mean, Valentine's you know, day. You use it today. It's yeah. Well, this will come out late. This was Valentine's day for the listeners, but, um, but you know, in, in regards to what you're doing is, is so much about startup hustle is about us just trying to tell you the truth and yeah. encourage the people that come in and share their stories to tell you the truth. If you've listened to multiple episodes, you should have picked up on the re- recurring theme that this shit ain't easy. That's right. And it's really not. It's but, a hustle. But that said, um, if you're prepared for that and you're ready to get in the ring and you're ready to fight it out, you're ready to get punched in the face, you're ready to swing back, then it might be for you. So you just got to figure that out and you got to figure out how to do it and what to say. You have something else yeah, to add to Can I say one more yes, thing? Yes, please. <clears throat> I think, you know, I use this term a lot with, with our team as being cerebral. You know, you're going to meet a lot of different people. Um, you're going to talk to a lot of folks trying to get your, your project out there and pitch your project. Not every investor is going to be the right one for you. Um, you know, really try to fill people out and try to get to understand who they are. You know, so before I would you, imagine that was a challenge for what you're pitching, because yeah. I don't think a lot, everyone's going to get it. Yeah. Not everyone gets it in the very beginning and, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's in the, the particular market that you're in uh, as well. But, you know, th- what I would say is, is really understand the people that you're going to be doing business with, understand that they you know, do, do they align with your mission? You know, you, the last thing you want to do is take money from someone and they, they don't align with your mission and they have other motives. And, uh, so this really, you know, the key word I, I think is really important is to be cerebral, you know, come outside of yourself, uh, look, look at situations from multiple angles to try to see who it is you're working with, who you're, who you're partnering with. Um, uh, because sometimes, you know, not everyone has your best interest at heart. Um, and so that's just one thing I leave with. Yeah, I want to, and and as we close out here, I am going to invite you to come back because I think this is an interesting story. Wouldn't you like to kind of hear? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see where the dove lands. Let's keep. <laughs> he flies I could, high. I, I could, he flies I could do, very way, high. I could do this all day, people. He flies high. As an entrepreneur, <laughs> sometimes you fly too close to the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, anyway, in, in the spirit of the dove, peace out. See you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.